0: Welcome to another Everyday Life series on decoding how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership. Biblical principles from Genesis to Revelation. It's under our Everyday Life category. You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website jf.foundation. That is j-a-e-f.foundation. In our first series of decoding, We looked at decoding creation, God's thought processes and patterns through creation from Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. And we arrived at a ten principle combination that will revolutionize how you think. In this next series of decoding, we look at how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership through the life and story of Joseph, also from the book of Genesis. Joseph's life changed the course of Israel. It was through him that God preserved the nation of Israel. Israel wasn't yet a nation per se. It was just a family of 12 siblings. The latter grew into the nation of Israel in Egypt. Some of the life principles we'll cover in this decoding series are, our upbringing and past shouldn't define us. Knowing your purpose and calling is the best anchor to go through the storms of life. In life, we need favor and love with both God and man. There are no coincidences in life. God's justice system never fails. We'll also look at work and service, money and how the economy of Egypt was built from the ground up. We'll also look at investing, saving, leadership and management. Without further ado, welcome to Decoding Joseph. And i Welcome back to episode eight of Decoding Joseph. We are getting some unique insights into how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership. In our last episode, we were talking about how we can operate with God's playbook. We talked about good ideas, great ideas, versus God ideas, and we say we can only tap into God ideas by operating according to Proverbs 3, 5, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5, which says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths they are about 11 key life principles to decode from the story of joseph and we are still on principle category number one now i don't think i've had the chance to mention all the principal takeaways but i'll i'll quickly just Mention them here, and you see that there's so much we can learn from how God operates, how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership through the character and story of Joseph. Principle number one that that we're currently looking at is about our, our, our upbringing and our past shouldn't define us, and we clearly see that in the story of Joseph. He didn't let his past being betrayed by his brothers, being sold into slavery, working as a servant, where he was sold into slavery, define him. He ended up being uh, taking charge of his master's house, and eventually, he became the second in command and a pharaoh in Egypt. And the second principle is about What's your purpose? Joseph, knowing his purpose, really anchored him to keep moving forward. There's this thing, Another principle number three is there is a thing called favor and love with God and man. And we see that throughout the story of Joseph is that the people who who have favor and love with God, God gives them favor and love with fellow human beings, and things are able to come into their lives that would otherwise not come into their lives if it wasn't because of favor and love that God gives them with fellow human beings, what some other people call luck. Principle number four talks about there are no coincidences in life, and we shall talk about that. Uh, Principle number five, talks about God's justice system never fails. Principle number six is, is about work and service and we see Joseph being diligent about his work and service and he had an attitude of a servant leader. So we can see him use his skills and talents even when he was in prison In in every place, we can learn about work and service from the attitude Joseph exempted in every step of, 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 of his life, even until he became the second in command. We get to learn about money. God gives Joseph strategies on how to build an economy. That's going to be really interesting. We're really looking to that. So principle number seven. We learn about money. Uh, uh, principle number eight, we learn about business. Principle number nine, we learn about investing. Principle number 10, we learn about saving. These are all things that we can learn from the story of Joseph because all of this is in there. And then the 11th principle, I believe, is leadership and management, which is also very, very crucial and key. It's something that we can learn. From the story of joseph anyways that is going to be the trajectory of this series there's so much involved in this series that we'll just keep on chipping away and eventually we'll we'll be done with this one and then we'll get into some other decoding series but i really believe that if you really look at the life of joseph you can learn how to go from employee to employer. You can learn so many things that there's so many characters in the Bible that you can model your life after. You can take some characters in the Bible and you pick out all their character traits, attributes, everything about their story, and you can start to apply those things to your life. And I believe that It would exalt you. It would take you farther than you ever imagined. And I'm really starting to believe the character of Joseph. The story of Joseph is one of the key stories in the Bible that really shows us things about life that we all deal with. It has betrayal. It has has everything in it. Betrayal from your own family. Talks about money, investing, saving leadership, management, so many things that we can really learn from this story. Anyways, the the principal takeaway from Genesis chapter 39 when we're reading about Joseph is when we're reading about the person that Joseph turned into from where he started, I couldn't help but think about how he must have had this attitude of, okay, all these things have happened in my life and I'm not going to let them define me. Now, it's easy for us to look, they, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. 20 So the, the principles we're learning from Joseph are hindsight principles, you know. These are the things you can say. The only reason he was able to get through that is because he must have had this kind of attitude. That's why this series is called Decoding. You know, we are decoding the, 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 this whole story to harness things that can help us in our everyday lives. And I know we are still hammering on this point of character. And, and some of you might think, of, of, of character of, of this point as a low value point. you want to get to the juicy stuff. you want to get to, to to money and building economies and and investing and all those things as Joseph did but character is is the thing that ties you that, that brings you into partnership with God. your character because scripture says man looks on on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart of man. And I believe that if our world system, if how we hire people, if how we do business is based on character, our world will be a much better place. You see, there's a lot of intelligent people right now in, a, in, in all these positions of authority, across different sectors, government, politics, technology, business, everywhere. They're intelligent, but they don't have character. A person with character and less intelligence does more for the, for the, for for society than a person with, with, with high IQ or high intellect with no character. Because if you have no character, it just means you foil up everything. Um, lacking character, I would put it as, it's, it's, it's almost like following, lacking character. This is the best way I think I can explain it right now. It might change, but this is just coming to me on the fly. Bad character is like. Cooking rotten food. Thinking that when you add spice, when you do this, it's going to take away the thing, you know. It's like cooking meat that is just rotten. I mean, you can put as much spice as you want. You can take out the best recipe, by a five-star chef, those Michelin chefs. But if you're cooking rotten meat... If you're cooking rotten food, I mean, there's no spice, there's no flavor that can bail you out if you're cooking a rotten piece of meat. And that's what character is, is there's no amount of intellect, there's no amount of smarts that can cover up for bad character. And that's why Scripture says, God says, You people look at each other best on outward appearance. I look at you best on your heart. To God, it's all about the heart. To God, it's all about the heart. Mm -hmm. And probably this was rushed in the last segment, but one of the things I was trying to mention was, one of the things I said was, even when scouts, general managers, coaches are looking for differentiators, when it comes to athletes, they always talk about the intangibles, things you can't measure. And all intangibles are heart-related, are character-related. You know, the, they, you know, coaches, sports coaches always talk about, you can't, or scouts, they always talk about, you can't teach heart. You can't teach passion. You can't teach drive. And I I mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned this in in the last episode, but I said, I was listening to a, a, I came across a video of a professional coach and and he was talking about team building and hiring and so forth. And, And he said that when looking for someone to hire or work with, I look for five things I couldn't teach, character, attitude, drive, energy, talent the things you can't teach like you can't like someone has to almost teach themselves you know what i mean like i can't teach you to be energetic i can't teach you to have drive i can't t- i can't teach you to be talented i can't teach you attitude i can't teach you character those are things that come out of you those are things you have to work on yourself no one can teach you those things you can look at what other people are doing and learn from them but there's no training manual for attitude. There's no training manual for character. In essence, that, okay, we're going to sit down and, and you know. So character defines a man. You can look at what is good character, and you can try to model your character after that. But the thing with character is that it's... Uh, it almost seems, sounds ironic that you can learn character, but you can't teach character. It's, it's kind of weird. It's almost like it's, on one side it feels like you can learn character. What is a good character? But then on the side is like, can you teach character? But character defines a man. It's who you are. You are your character. Your character tells us what to expect from you, especially in times of adversity. Your attitude is your response to life's circumstances. Since attitude is a mindset, I want to touch on the subject of mindset. If bad things happen to us and we respond positively or optimistically, that proves our character and even greater it becomes a weapon we can use to advance forward in life so in life you can have two people heading on the same road and then the same negative thing or the same unfortunate circumstance happens to both of them but it's how each of them Reacts to this obstacle that will determine who moves ahead to their destiny. Proverbs 24:16 portrays this beautifully. It says, For a just man fall, falls seven times and rises up again. And I like what these other translations say. They say, For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. And another translation says, The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. So there's so many attributes to character. You know it's your heart it's your attitude it's your mindset you know it's it's you keeping your word it's it's you saying I will do something and you do it You saying I'll show up on time and I'll show and you show up on time you know it's how you show up when other people need you that's also part of character you cannot teach these things it's almost like you can't uh, you can teach them. It's almost like these are things that you were taught. Like, like, like. There's no school for character. Like, there's no curriculum for character. You know, but it's it's. I'm really trying to 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 not do a double negative here. But anyways, you get my point. Character. The point here is you can't. So when talking about a new, when talking about uh, mindset, let's, let's talk about uh, this mindset of falling seven times and rising up again. Endurance is a character attitude. To endure is part of your character. That's why I say character defines a man. Character is who you are. To endure... Is a character attitude. The only way you can rise up the seventh time and be optimistic for attempt number eight is if you have the mindset of letting go of your past and this is what we're seeing or learning from Joseph. That's what kept Joseph moving forward. Most times it's hard for us to let go of our past trauma and failures because To us, it's like a badge of honor, but you can do new things. You know, you can do new things, but you can't do new things or you can't do new exploits with an old mindset. In fact, scripture talks about this concept of putting new wine into New bottles. No, it talks about putting new wine into old bottles. So this is from so this is this is uh this is from This is from the Gospel of Matthew. Yes, this is from the Gospel. Actually, the one we're going to use, the reference here we're going to use is Luke chapter 5. So this is Luke chapter 5. And this is what it talks about, this whole concept of your mindset. Again, we're talking about the the in order to have this mindset of moving forward, it means you have a mindset of letting go of your past. In order to have this character of enduring, this attitude of enduring, it, 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 it requires this mindset of moving forward, but in order to move forward, you need to have this attitude, this character, this mindset of letting go of your past. So Luke chapter five says this is a this is a parable that Jesus was that Jesus said. He said, then he spoke a parable to them and said, no one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear and also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will bust the wineskins and be spilled. And the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins and both are preserved. The whole point here is you can't put new ideas or strategies in an old mindset. You can't. To move forward like Joseph did and defy the odds of our beginning, this must be our character attitude. This mindset of, okay, this happened last week. I'm going to move forward. This happened yesterday. I'm going to move forward. You know, life life can be challenging. In fact, not that life can be challenging. Life is challenging. And there's so many things you're going to run into. But I'm begging you. I'm begging you. The I, I don't know. I don't know why. I, somehow, there's so many times in my life where I could have thrown a pity party. I've had so many opportunities to look at my past and say, "This one did me wrong. This person did me wrong. This one, this happened. This happened in my past. This happened to my family." And somehow, I would love. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't love to, but. There's a part of me that feels I should walk around with that chip on my shoulder, but I understand the Water God has changed me and and is it has told me that it's not good. It doesn't profit you to walk around with a chip on your shoulder. In essence of 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 well, it's good to know to have the attitude of okay, I came from there from such and such a background. I have to make you know, I have to, you know, advance in my life. I have to make, I have to make a better version of me. You know, that's a different attitude than, than feeling like a lot of people wear their heart. They walk around with a backpack of every wrong thing that has happened to them. And they, every sentence is prefaced by that. So, you know, I was, I was, I was done, this happened to me when I was young. This happened to me five years ago. This happened to me. If you preface every statement by every by the misfortunes that have happened in your life, you haven't really let go of your past. There's a part of you that still has that lingering around. So to move forward like Joseph did and defy the odds of our beginning, we must, this must be our character attitude. Now, there's something really powerful, and and this is another reminder on why we should press forward and let go of our past, is this instruction from the scripture in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 16. Here's what it says. Um, Here, the apostle Paul talks about letting go of our past not just our hearts, our trauma. He's also talking about our past victories. Now, this is also something else that I you, we have to really learn and adjust to and say, listen, you can't rest in yesterday's victory. Today's a new challenge. Um, so basically you don't, start off this week or start off today and say, I'm not going to try to, you know, do better than I did yesterday. And it's okay to say, okay, you know, yesterday was a great day and look at some of the good things that happened. But today's a new challenge. So you, you, as much as you have to let go of the traumas of the past and the hearts and disappointments, you also have to let go of the, of the victories. It's good to, to remember the victories and thank God for them but you can't rest on those laurels. So Paul, the apostle Paul is urging us that we should let go of those things which are behind and press on. And and this is is how he states it. He says, this is verse 12. Again, this is Philippians chapter three, verses 12 to 16. He says, not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of, I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. He goes on to say, this is so beautiful in chapter 13. It says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, he's forgetting those things which are behind. And reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us be of the same mind. The key verse here is actually all of them are key, but I really want to draw your attention to verse 13. It says, I do not count myself to have apprehended. So he's saying, I you know, I don't count myself to say, Okay, I've already, I'm already, you know, I've already reached, I've already Achieved, already reached my climax in life. He says, but one thing I do. He says, I forget those things which are behind, and I reach forward to those things which are ahead. Wow. He says, I press toward the goal toward I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Wow. And he says, therefore let us, as many as are mature have this mind. He's talking about this has to be our mindset. And he he says that, and if in anything you think otherwise, basically what he just told us, to let go of our past, to not count ourselves as having apprehended, he says, God will reveal even this to you. So, he Exactly, you know, he uses this passage to really bring up what what to 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 portray this attitude of a mindset of letting go of your past. So there's another passage in scripture that also talks about this, and we're looking at the benefit of letting go of your past. This mindset of moving forward, of moving on. Not just letting go of your past hearts and trauma or disappointments or the bad things that have happened in your life, but even your victories. Because when you keep on resting in your victories, it's very easy to enter your comfort zone. Uh, It's very easy to lose that age of wanting to move on to the next level, wanting to aim higher, wanting to go higher. So... Let us look at what this other passage from Colossians has to say to us. This is from Colossians chapter 3, verses 8 to 14. And we are reminded to put off the old man and put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge. Verse 8. And again, this is from the same person, the Apostle Paul. And this is what he says. He says, but now you yourselves are to put off all these. What is he talking about? Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Now, of course, you can see putting off anger. Where does anger come from? Anger is 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 is, is, is this reaction or this emotion that we have towards something bad that has happened to us, right? Wrath, malice, filthy language out of your mouth. He says, He goes on to say, Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Again, here goes this whole attitude of put off the old man and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. And then he talks about the character of the new man. So you've put off the old man. And now he says, once you've put off the old man, put on this new man. So he's told us, put off all these things of the old man. Anger, wrath, malice, all of these things. He says, but put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge, according to the image of him, God, who created him, who, your new man. Now, here he talks about the character of the new man. He says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Wow. It says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, now it says, put on this new character. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, which is old English for patience or endurance. Bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against one another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. And says, but above all things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. So you put on this new identity this new day of possibility. Now, I want you to listen to the power of putting off the old man, of putting off yesterday's disappointment and putting on the hope of a new day. Scripture says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Says the mercies of God, his faithfulness, Endures forever, and His mercies are new every morning. Um, I know there's a there's a rapper, uh, a musician. He always he has a song that says, "Every," I believe it was Tupac. He said, "Every dark night has a brighter day." You see these, these, the, the, you know, on the world, you know, people use it out in the world, you know, but we're seeing that scripture actually emphasizes that this should be our attitude. This should be our character, putting off the old man, putting off the disappointments of yesterday and stepping into a new hope today. Now, listen, just pay close attention to how this becomes powerful with some of these illustrations I'm going to use. Okay, so you put on this new identity, the hope of a new day, this new day of possibility, you you embrace and you have this hope of new opportunities coming your way today by being intentional about it. It just doesn't count. Ca- you have to be intentional about it. That's why scripture it's very interesting that scripture always talks about. Whereas the world thinks love is a feeling. You find that in scripture, Jesus would say, if you love me, keep my commandments. All the, all, all the things that the world considers ethereal or As oh it's a feeling it's a feeling it's a feeling scripture somehow contrary to that scripture emphasizes or it portrays that these are actually fully ex these emotions that you might feel are actually only fully completely expressed with action so these intentionality why, why is the apostle, why is, why is the Lord saying, put off the old man? That means there's this attitude of, 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 of action. Put off the old man. Put on the new man. So that's why I'm saying that you put on this new identity, this new day of possibility and new opportunities by being intentional about it. By mentally tuning in to the fact of this knowledge, that yet that of, 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 of tuning into the fact of this knowledge that, that yes, I have stepped into a new day today, and this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice in it. Right. You have to mentally turn that switch on. You always hear athletes talking about turn the switch on and get into the zone. There's there's, there's in within us that we can turn certain switches on. And where you don't wait to feel some kind of like goosebumps or whatever, where you just say, okay, I don't feel like it, but I'm turning the switch on basically you are kind of going to override instead of waiting for your body to move in auto in automatic. You say, listen, I'm going to just go manual on this thing. I'm just going to, you know, I need gear three. I'm going to activate gear three. I'm not going to wait for, for my mood swings to line out, for the climate to change for everything, for everything, for everything, you know, like last couple of days, um, for some reason, every time I've been getting up in the morning to, to take what used to be a hot shower, like only cold water was coming out. And part of me would would just be like, man, you mean I got to shower like cold water? Like, I'm talking real cold water here, guys. Anyways, I said, listen, I don't have time to, to really think about this. What I did, I said, I'm going to put on the mindset that, hey, I've showered cold water before when I used to be in boarding school, kind of was like military style, no hot water. You would shower cold water at 5 a.m. I said, I've done this before. I said, I'm just going to activate the mindset and say, I'm going in. I need to take a shower. I don't care if it's cold water. That's the only thing I have access to. I'm just going to tune in and 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 I'm just going to go in. And so I, I had to do that this morning as well. And, you know, I did it. I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. Of course, the first time when you haven't done in a long time, you know, you, you're kind of dodging the water in there. You you are, <laughs> um, you don't want it to hit your back. You want it to step with your legs and gradually roll your body into in, come out. And anyways, it's a mindset. So you wake up in the morning, you're like, this is a new day. You tune into that, say, I don't care. Yes, yesterday wasn't the best day that I had, but today's a new day. This is the day that the Lord has made. So I will rejoice and be glad in it. And you you activate your expectation of favor coming to you, of good things coming to you, of new energy, of health, of, of blessing, of opportunity. If you don't have this expectation, if you don't put on the new day today, you cannot invite or usher in all these new possibilities. Everything that God has planned for you with your old mindset of yesterday's experiences. So you intentionally mentally focus into the new day at work. You look at it as a day of new beginnings with your boss with your work colleagues, you know, you let go of what they said about you or what they've done to you or any previous reproach from them. You get to the office and you recognize that you have yet another opportunity to turn your image and reputation around. You have another day to prove them wrong. For them to go from like you are the worst employee to I'm going to show you that I'm the best employee around here. So you're putting on this mindset and you're mentally, you're being intentional that you have a brand new opportunity, you know. So you get to the office, you recognize this is a new day. I have a new project to work on and this is a brand new opportunity for me to submit excellent work. You know, today is the day you begin a new journey of excellence. You tell yourself. Every piece of work I'm gonna submit to my boss is gonna be done with excellence. That today is the day you start to show up early to work. You 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 put aside and say, Yes, I've been coming to work late for the last six months. But a day comes when you say enough is enough. I'm tired of being led to appointments. You start to show up early. And someone might even come in and make a comment like, oh, I'm surprised you showed up You showed up on time today. You, you keep quiet. You do it again the next day. You do it again the third day. You do it again the fourth day. You do it 10 weeks in a row. You come and work earlier than everybody. Eventually, that erases the past that people used to think about you. But it's because it starts with you saying i'm gonna make a turnaround i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna today's a day of new beginnings i i used to be late i used to be so bad with time oh my goodness it was embarrassing and disgusting it's almost like I i could never show up on time i mean if i showed up 15 minutes on time, Uh, if I showed up 15 minutes late, for me that would be like, I showed up on time. But you know what, there came a time when I said, "I, I just can't let that be my character. I'm gonna put one foot in front of each other. I started to show up early, even for just social gatherings, not just serious gatherings, even for just leisurely, like, oh, even for, you know, maybe 2, 2 p.m. Ish, even for all time issues, I started to show up on time. And then I went from showing up on time to showing up before time, showing up 15 minutes and saying, I want to be the first one there. And, you know, it has changed my outlook on life. It's it, it, it forces me to prepare earlier. Sometimes you gotta prepare the day before and plan all these things. Like, how am I gonna get there? halfway to to house of Sam and do some math. But I will fight to see to it that I don't that, that I don't show up late. And it's I can count probably on one on one hand or probably at most two hands that within the last two and a half years of Showing up late, somewhere—I don't think it's more than ten times. But I'm, um, you know, I had to get tired of it. I had to keep on saying, "No, I, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna let this define me and and say I'm the person who always shows up late and and this and that." I just got tired of it. So I had to give. I had to let go of all my previous failures, and and this is something that I I applied to so many areas of my life. That's what scripture is telling us here. Anyways, this is how we put on the new man. It's all about intentionality. We commit to memory. We commit to our mind. You have to mentally focus. You have to mentally attune. You have to mentally tune into this fact. You have to turn the switch on. That's how you let go of the old man, of the disappointments of yesterday, last week, last month. Last year you realize that yes, I could have done better yesterday. But I didn't. That's okay. That's okay. I could have, I could have, I coulda woulda shoulda. I coulda woulda shoulda. I coulda woulda shoulda. I could have, would have, should have. I coulda woulda shoulda. But today I have another shot to make it right. I give myself that hope. I give myself the benefit of that. I say, okay, today, Calvin, you have another shot to make it right. Once you sharpen your mind to this attitude, then you're ready to lay new tracks for a better future. This is how we build momentum, folks. This is how you start to build momentum. Every day we have an we have a new opportunity to kickstart something new. But you need to drop. That backpack you keep carrying around of your failures, of your disappointments from yesterday, from last week, from last month, from last year. You need to drop that backpack that you keep carrying around. You can't keep carrying around your past misfortunes as a badge of honor. It's what Jesus Christ has been telling us since he brought us the gospel. In fact, just as another illustration for you. This is very powerful. You know, as an illustration of how Jesus was so good at at, at teaching people using this principle, um, whenever they would bring him a case to judge, he never condemned that sinner for their sin. He convicted them. He, He never condemned them. In fact, sometimes... The first thing he did is he pointed them to a future of their better self. For instance, in the gospel of John chapter 8, we read about the famous story of whoever has no sin cast the first stone. Let's read through this. It says, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning he came again into the temple and all the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. (laughs) Now I got to laugh here because I was listening to someone preach this one time. I don't know why the Holy Spirit reminded me. It says they caught. Co- it said this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. And he said, "Well, that's what you get for you know trying to stay, trying to you know stay in other people's business in the very act. Like, why were they watching? This is some parrots. you know. Like they were just watching. It says in the very act." <laughs> Anyways, verse 5, it says, now Moses, says, now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? They're asking Jesus. This they say, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrought on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Now, the whole interaction here, it says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Saying, I'm not going to hammer this over your head, that you committed adultery, you should be stoned, you're not good enough. But, what he's telling her here is something we can tell ourselves when you wake up in the morning and say, I know Calvin, you didn't do your best job yesterday, but neither do I condemn you today. Just go and be better today. And you move forward. When, so this was his attitude. He says, no, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. So that was, now, he says, go and sin no more. The, the power, basically the whole, the, 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 the point I've been trying to make is in this last statement. It says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. You see, he pointed her to a new future. He gave her a new beginning and told her to step into her new identity. Because he said, I don't condemn you. Just go and don't do it again. Do you see what I mean? He says, I don't condemn you. Just go and don't do it again. He pointed her to a new future, to a new possibility. He gave her a new beginning and told her to step into her, her, her new identity and said, let go of the adulteries you've committed up to this point. Just go and do it no more. So in a spiritual sense, I have a new identity, but I also have a new identity. (laughs) Okay, so we are... There's there's a lot about uh, mindset and identity, but what I'll do is I'm gonna call it wraps for this episode at this point, because everything that comes after this point is really tied into another theme of embracing a new identity and new beginnings and the power of new identities and embracing new beginnings so as a trailer for the next episode we're going to talk about in a spiritual sense you receive a new identity but receiving a new identity in a spiritual sense which you get from jesus christ gives you a new identity in a physiological sense it affects the natural so we'll talk about that in the next episode. Seller. This was episode 8 of decoding how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership through the life and story of Joseph from the book of Genesis. In the next episode, We'll continue exploring this subject of the power of our new identity in Christ. And as the Apostle Paul exhorts us in Philippians chapter 3 verses 13 and 15 to have this mindset of, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. So we see that we have to let go of both our former defeats and victories and press toward a higher goal. And we can only do this by putting on the new man. In the next episode, we'll also explore the subject of putting on the new man, putting on a new mindset. Your host for today was Calvin Karanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode.